0: guys. Are you stuck inside? Can't get to the store? Don't worry. Bespoke Post has you covered. From style and grooming gear, to craftsman's tools, to outdoor apparel, Bespoke Post has everything that guys need to help get you through these tough times. Here's how it works. Once you take their free online quiz, Bespoke Post will customize a monthly box of awesome to fit your needs with unique items like whiskey barrel aging kits, weekender bags, and outdoor hammocks that you will not find anywhere else. Once you approve the box, it ships directly to your house every month. No people, no stores, no hassle. And you can skip a month or cancel anytime. Best of all, you're going to get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout, that's boxofawesome.com, and the code is BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, for 20% off your first box of awesome. It's chris mania, brother. That's a great question. Look at you, man. Look oh, a the powerful questions. <laughs> Woo! This is the Chris Van Vliet Show. Chris Van Vliet Show. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Welcome back to the Chris Van Fleet show and thank you for joining us on another audio adventure. However you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this, this audio adventure is brought to you by Bet Online and Bespoke Post. Blue Wire is the discount code for both of those awesome companies. And this interview was scheduled to be released today, but man, who would have guessed that the news would come out that Leo Rush, and several other WWE superstars and WWE employees would be released. Man, my heart goes out to them. It's such a tough time in the world right now for everybody. I mean, I'm sure you're affected by this in your own way. Um, And I think while we want everyone to be safe and healthy, I also think that we're so ready for life to start getting back to normal sooner rather than later. And hopefully everyone who's had their job or their livelihood affected by this will be back to doing what they love. And the thing I love about this conversation with Leo Rush is we get to see a completely different side of Leo than we just saw on WWE television. I mean, he's well-spoken, he's intelligent, he's self-aware, and he's super talented. Not just in the ring, not just on the mic, but as a musician as well. And that's a huge passion of his. And it, it's great hearing his insights about going from being a wrestler to, out of nowhere, being asked to be Bobby Lashley's manager. He also talks about his time in NXT and the fact that he was just recently called back to be in NXT. He also talks about those controversial comments that he's made. And, and his take on this is, is very interesting. And I'm super excited to see where he goes from here. Because he's so talented. He's the 25-year-old piece of gold. And he's great on the mic, whether he's singing or whether he's cutting a promo. So please, enjoy this. Give it up. For the man of the hour, it's Leo Rush. I've been doing in-person interviews like my whole career. Yeah. And now we're forced to do them like this.
1: (laughs) yeah the whole world is crazy right now everybody having to uh adapt so
0: seriously yeah, yeah yeah all right so uh okay we're good to go well i'm joined by the man of the hour here he is i guess you're now the 25 year old piece of gold right yeah i'm getting old. <laughs> yeah getting old really getting old, yeah thank you so much for uh, finding <laughs> time your day to uh, make this happen
1: definitely i'm pretty excited for it i'm
0: pretty excited me too. What a beautiful background. I gotta take like some notes out of your book here. That's great.
1: Yeah, man. I've had this for years, actually. This is uh this is a banner that I had when I was on the independent circuit, and I would always just have it like right up behind me,
0: like on my merchandise table. So that's the yeah, game's pretty table cool. Banner. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Very nice. So well, how's everything going with you? Uh
1: everything's good. It's um it's it's been a weird adjustment. Uh, I'm I'm always doing something. I'm always working. I'm always busy doing like uh, my own like projects outside of wrestling, and it's kind of weird, like not being able to hustle as much as I want to and like go out and, and do stuff. So just trying to just trying to adjust.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're someone who's like go 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 all the time, whether it's wrestling or music. And now you're kind of, you're, you've been forced to stop. So in that, in the last two weeks, I mean, what have you really learned when you've had to, you know, kind of pump the brakes and just sit back and take this all in?
1: Um, For one thing, it's, it's showing me, you know, what I care about the most. Um, it's definitely teaching me patience. I'm sure it's teaching a lot of people patience right now. Um, and I don't know, I, I, I've i never been like a huge like meditation kind of person, but I feel like recently I've been doing that a lot. Like I've been uh, pretty uh, openly uh, spoken about like being an advocate for mental health awareness. And uh, I'm somebody who suffered and currently still suffers from like PTSD and uh, depression and stuff like that. So I've been just trying to like work on myself to you know um grow and heal like emotionally and mentally like during this time
0: do you have a you know goal or a plan for when things do go back to normal you know you're gonna hit the ground running I know you are but what are you gonna do what's the plan for that
1: um right well I have a plan that I try I, I try to make and I go through this like year in and year out like uh but i feel like this is the perfect time to do it but i'm, I'm seriously trying to get in the best shape of my life <laughs> so I, I i got like a little home gym going on i've been running every morning uh taking my protein shakes and vitamins <laughs> so i'm just trying to uh i'm just trying to get in the best shape of my life so when that time does come when you know the world is getting close back to normal and shows start running again i'll I'll be good to go
0: it's ironic that you want to get in the best shape of your life when we can't go to gyms now yeah yeah
1: it's 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 rough it's rough trying to uh find different ways to work out because after a while like the in-home workouts kind of kind of get a little repetitive and boring so i'm trying to i'm trying to switch it up and be you know creative
0: i've always said there's something about putting on your shoes, getting into your car, driving to the gym and then going, okay, I put in all that effort. This has to be a great yeah. workout. When you're literally just yeah. getting off your couch, walking five feet and weights, it's like, is it, you know, I don't feel as motivated now. Yeah,
1: man, it, it sucks. Like I definitely have have had those times, like even today where I'm just in my like other bedroom, with the, with the gym set up and I'm like, man, I'm a little tired. Let me just literally walk out of the room and take a shower <laughs> or something where like, if you're at the gym, like you said, like you put in all that work of like putting on the clothes and driving like 20 minutes or so. And you're like, I might as well make this worth, you know, all of that effort. So it's, it's, it's difficult.
0: <laughs> Well, I imagine you spent some time this weekend watching WrestleMania, and you know it's obviously a different WrestleMania than we're used to seeing. Uh, What were were your takeaways from it?
1: Um, I thought it was very interesting, and I think it was interesting for different (laughs) for different reasons. Just to like entertain myself, Uh, it's different being a fan, um, which I still am, and. Uh, on the other side, being somebody that's a part of the business, I feel like it was interesting to me to see the guys and girls that were kind of like homegrown WWE talent that have been used to, you know, the production and the lights and the cameras and the crowd and stuff like that, uh, like constantly wrestling in front of thousands and thousands of people on a weekly basis. I feel like there was a difference between those people and there was a difference between people who came from the indies that were used to you know working in front of 50 people or less like for instance like I'm one of those guys like I remember going to CZW Dojo Awards and there are only there are only like three people there (laughs) and and if if there was fifty people there, then the building was full to capacity. So it was it was interesting. Like I, me personally, the the best match uh, like in ring was uh, I thoroughly enjoyed Cesaro and, and Gulak. That was that was really cool to me to see you know ties there. and even though like Cesaro's been there for so long, you know he was somebody who was on the Indies and wrestled. Uh, you know all of those guys so it was cool to see it was cool to see that but in terms of overall I definitely think uh Taker versus AJ Styles just because man like American Badass Taker you can't you can never go wrong with anything that he does so
0: Although, and the way cool. that WWE thought outside the box you know with with both the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse match those would not have existed if we were you know doing this in front of eighty thousand people in a stadium those matches would have gone on as a normal match
1: for sure for sure yeah and it's so crazy like even the firefly funhouse match was it wasn't even a match it was it was just like a. it was like a i don't know how long it was but maybe like a 15 or 20 minute like vignette it was incredible like it was I don't know how they did that, but I'm glad that they pulled that off.
0: Is there a part of you that wishes that you would have been part of this WrestleMania, even though you know it's a very different mania than what we're used to seeing?
1: Um yes and no. Um I feel like I there's a part of me that felt kind of bad as a performer. Um, watching, you know, guys like my friends and people that I care about that it was their, for one, it was either their first WrestleMania or two, they had a big WrestleMania moment. Yeah. And I, I felt for them that it wasn't in front of, you know, uh, thousands and thousands of people that came across, you know, the entire world to watch that. Um, so I don't. I don't know. I feel like I... It's okay to, to sit out for this one. Um, I, I think I made it kind of public um, about a week before, you know, it was announced that WrestleMania was still going to happen and everything. But um, there was a part of me that just didn't feel entirely comfortable with, you know, um, risking that and going out there and possibly, you know, uh, being exposed to the virus just because you know i i got a wife i got i got two boys um my parents are uh, getting older my mom is is uh currently sick right now so i just didn't want to i just didn't want to risk um not even for me and i know it sucks because i had so many fans that possibly be a part of you know what was to come but um i just had to kind of take a step back and and think about you know my family for me so
0: well, the last time we didn't see you on TV for a while, you came out with some great music. So, you know, are, is that something that you're working on now? Are you writing new stuff while you're not able to wrestle?
1: I'm sorry, you broke up on me a little bit.
0: I know I did. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm <not> <laughs> I'm sorry about the connection. So the last time that uh, you we didn't see you on TV for a while, you came out with some great music. So if you're not wrestling now, are you working on your music now?
1: Oh, for sure. I, I've I feel like I've always been working on my music, even when uh, like I said, like you said, when I was off of TV for, you know, I don't even know how long it was, like six, seven months. Uh, I was just working on music, 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 and then even when I came back to NXT, I, I always, um, you know went in the studio and worked on my worked on my music and i feel like i just continually worked on it because i felt like it was therapy for me when i was when i was gone and um even when i'm when i came back it was still something to help me you know get through everyday life and and deal with uh the frustrations of of the business um, but yeah man I, I i'm even now i'm working on my music and i feel like uh at any point in time i always have like an album done which i'm actually working on right now so uh hopefully soon that'll be out
0: oh so as soon as the quarantine's lifted this is what you're going to hit the ground running with yeah
1: yeah for sure
0: <laughs> uh, this is exciting oh that's great All right. is there any hope for you that one of your songs could be your entrance theme
1: Um. Man, I, I've been asked, that, and I never really gave an answer on it just because it's, like I said, like it was something that was kind of like therapy for me and something that I felt like completely separated my wrestling life and like personal life. And I feel like that's just something that I don't want to mix just because mm-hmm. I want to be in control of my own therapy, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't want I don't want it to be a part of my business and then, uh, you know I got people telling me how I should write music or what I should put out and stuff like that. Like I just want to be able to be in my own head and write what I want to write and put out what I want to put out.
0: That's a that's a good way to look at it. And then it's you know it, this music now becomes very separate from your day job of being a wrestler. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Would would you say that your time with Bobby Lashley was you know probably some of the most memorable stuff that you've had?
1: Oh, best, best times that I've had in WWE by far, by far. Uh, it was just, it, just the way that it came about. It was so unexpected. Um, Bobby didn't know it was going to happen. I didn't know it was going to happen. I like randomly got a call one day uh, saying that, you know, we need you at Raw for whatever reason. I get there and, uh, you know, I'm talking events. I'm talking to uh, Paul Heyman and they kind of laid it on the table like, so this is what we have and like run with it. And I'm like, just sitting there like, wait, so I'm on Raw now. <laughs> like it, was, it, was pretty, it was pretty crazy. Cause at the time I was doing 205 and uh, I was bouncing back and forth from Raw to 205. So I was like traveling with the Raw loop. I was traveling with the SmackDown people and I was just all over the place. And it was just, it was just fun, man. And uh, since it was so unexpected, we had to constantly think on our toes whether that was you know creating content for social media or, or uh, pitching ideas like the day of like we just never knew what was going to happen and it was it was pretty exciting
0: i guess from the outside looking in it just seems so crazy because you were a wrestler and now out of nowhere you're being approached to be a manager slash hype man like that must yeah. have totally caught you off guard for
1: sure man i cuz It definitely caught me off guard because first I was like, why me? Like why, who, you know, came together in a meeting and said, we want Leo Rush to manage Bobby Lashley. That still kind of like boggles my mind. And another reason was because, you know, I was never considered as like a promo guy. Uh, Like even when I was on the independent scene, uh, when I got to NXT, I was I wasn't cutting any promos. Um I, I guess, you know, I was cutting some promos for the short amount of time that I was on um two or five live. But uh I thought it was just it was so cool and so unexpected. I never thought in a million years that I would, you know, be in in the WWE as a manager. Like that was the last thing on, on my mind. So that oh, was stuff.
0: You're very much a promo guy now. You're very much considered a promo guy. Yeah. <laughs> You're great at it. I so, think
1: sometimes I considered more of a promo guy than I am a wrestler now, which is so weird. Like so many people know me as just the person on Raw. Like a lot of people that saw me on Raw didn't even know that I wrestled. Yeah. So it was it was it's pretty it's pretty crazy.
0: So when this is a uh, you know when pitch to you, who do you start to channel? You know, from the great promos or the great managers of all time, who do you start to think back about?
1: Um, I got. I never really wanted to look into uh, managers within the company uh, that's been a part of the WWE, just because I feel like I try so hard, like so hard to be. Uh, innovative and creative and I just didn't want to be compared to anybody. Like I like that that uh that hurts me when I when I get compared to somebody else because just because I want to be my own person. Um so I feel like I looked more so outside of wrestling. I like looked at actors and I, I looked at um you know uh just people outside of outside of wrestling. Uh one person that I that I was definitely um looking at for you know personality wise was Kevin Hart (laughs) so I was watching a lot of Kevin Hart stuff I was like studying his like mannerisms and the way you know the the pitch in his voice would change and the speed in which like he would like talk and I, I really I really dug it and then some other like uh some other stuff like I remember I watched uh James Franco in a movie I think he was playing like a like a beach character, like a beach bum. He had like braids oh, and like. Spring goats. Break? Yeah, yeah, spring spring breakers. Breakers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I was like just taking little things from like different actors and just trying to make it my own. So.
0: And then Spring Breakers, he just says the whole time, "Spring break, y'all." <laughs>
1: yeah, man. Yeah. The
0: other it's thing so you have in common with Kevin Hart is his characters are constantly being made fun of for their size, which is something that got worked in, you know, for you and your character. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Um,
1: I, at first, man, I'm not gonna lie, when I first got into this, I was so nervous about my size, uh, just because um, even though like Rey Mysterio was shorter than me, he weighs about like legit, like 170, 180 pounds maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, like a buck fifty, and I just it, it really it really bothered me, and I um after a while I just started embracing you know who I was uh, and my size. Um, I I started you know telling myself that you know this is this is different. This, is, this has never been seen in in the WWE. I think the only time it has been seen as somebody that's my size was Spike Dudley. So it's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool to, um, you know, realize, you know, who I am and and what I can use to separate myself from everybody else. And I feel like it definitely played a, a huge part in uh, me being recognized because, you know, I don't pick anybody up <laughs> and I try to I try to uh, not do like springboards or anything like that. So I was known for like my speed, which was pretty cool because my name was like Leo Rush. So it was pretty, it's pretty cool.
0: Well, despite your size, you talk like you're the size of Bobby Lashley. <laughs>
1: yeah, man. I, I definitely got to get that in because a lot of people like testing me. So I got to, I got to raise my voice a little bit.
0: <laughs> I feel like it was a, such a missed opportunity for you to be the best man at Bobby Lashley and uh, Lana's wedding. <laughs>
1: Yeah, man, I I thought I, I would have hoped that uh, you know somebody would have came to that you know idea and and hit me up and said hey let's do one more time for um, but yeah that would have been pretty pretty cool I think very unexpected. Uh, and a nice little twist if I were to pop up as the best man. So. Yeah.
0: So if you were looking outside of wrestling, you know, to really kind of inspire the promos you were doing growing up, who were the wrestlers that you looked up to that make you the wrestler that you are now?
1: Um, I, well, I grew up in the uh, watching wrestling in the ruthless aggression era, which seems like, oh my gosh, like I'm so young that that's like the first piece of like wrestling that I that I grew up watching. Um but I used to love watching um of course Rey Mysterio, uh Eddie Guerrero. I always enjoyed like Eddie Guerrero and JBL's matches, um Batista, Cena or in Lesnar. I mean, Benjamin, like the list goes on and on, just all of those like guys that, you know, made the Ruthless Aggression Era, what it what it what it was. <laughs> Um, of course, like Jeff Hardy, uh, like right before, I think the split between Matt and Jeff. So a lot of, a lot of cool guys. Um, and one that a lot of people don't mention, but I really enjoyed to Jerry, to -hmm. Jerry and, uh, Gregory Helms. Those, those are really two, you know, kind of people that not a lot of people like bring up, but I just thought their stuff was always like cool and innovative.
0: I love that you refer to him as Gregory Helms. He's the hurricane to everybody else i know yeah exactly wow so when you get paired with bobby lashley do you instantly start traveling with him or do you you know just kind of meet up at the arena and do your thing from there
1: um at first uh we would just meet up at the arena uh just because like you know i didn't know bobby bobby barely knew me uh you know he um he saw a couple of promos that i did on uh, like Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that. Um, so we knew that, and of course I was a fan of his like growing up. So we knew that we had like a mutual respect for one another, but we kind of just waited to see how this like played out before we got too close uh, uh, personally and just like in a business sense, because we just didn't know what was going on. We didn't, we had no idea what was happening. Um, but after a while, like once, once things started to catch on and once we knew that this was going to be like a, a a thing that was going to stick for a while, we started, you know, um, we started traveling together and uh, yeah, it was, it was fun, man. It was, it was really cool. I'll never forget. Uh, they didn't want us traveling together at first. Like, I think I was only supposed to be on Raw with him. And I think he started doing some live shows and then i believe i forgot what the 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 name of the pay-per-view was but i remember that there was a pay-per-view in australia and it was him and cena versus somebody i forgot but i remember that they didn't want me to go to australia and when I didn't go and he came out and he had the match, they were a little disappointed that they didn't bring me along with him hmm. because, uh, it just didn't get like the same reaction. So, uh, I think from that point on, we were like, okay, we're, we're in this together the whole way through.
0: What do you think is the biggest thing that you learned from, from working so closely with a veteran like Bobby?
1: Oh uh, man, so much. It's so, it's so hard to just pinpoint, one thing. Um but from I guess from a business standpoint, uh always making the most out of what's given to you. Mm. I feel like there was so much uh there was so much pitch to me and Bobby that we didn't necessarily agree with, but we got we went out there and we absolutely made the most out of it. I, I remember <laughs> I would never forget the day where we were talked about um, him starting to do the the pose, the the famous the famous pose of him bending over <laughs> and showing everybody his ass, and we're just like looking at each other like, "What is going on?" Like, I and and you know, Vince, he was he was he was adamant about you know sticking to that like we couldn't do anything else so we went out there and we we just made it work man and now now everybody every every time we went somewhere like fans would just scream at us like big man show us the show us the favorite pose and it just caught on like so we we made everything uh we made everything
0: work as ridiculous as that pose might sound it got so over
1: yeah Yeah,
0: (laughs) that's crazy that you'd be walking around and people would be asking for that.
1: Yeah, it's so it's so insane, man. Uh, Wrestling fans are so funny to me just because they just latch on to the most like random things and they make it a thing. And uh, that was one thing that we just didn't think would become anything. (laughs) And it became like one of the best things about that character.
0: What What's the big thing for you? What's the random thing that people have latched onto for you that they'll randomly bring up or randomly yell at you?
1: Um, One thing that I didn't think people would catch on to was the piece of gold thing. The whole piece of gold like moniker. I never thought that people would like really like that. I felt like, uh. I started saying that when I was on the Indies, when I was like 21 years old, and it was cool because like 21 karat gold. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I'm the 21 year old piece of gold. And then when I got to WWE, I was like 22, and people like, no matter what age I turned, like people would just throw that age in front of a piece of gold. And I thought, it was, I just thought that was so cool.
0: The segment you did with, well, you did many segments with Elias, but the segment you did where he said, whose kid is this? That seems to be the comment in that YouTube video that like everyone just keeps repeating.
1: Yeah, yeah. That was man and it I tried so hard not to laugh myself because, you know, I came out there debuting and I'm supposed to be this like baby face and everybody's laughing at me. And I uh oh man, I that was just such a clever, clever thing to say. And I just didn't know what to say after that. It was pretty, It's pretty funny.
0: Who is it that you haven't worked with yet in WWE that you're still hoping that you can work with? Oh man, Uh, I guess this doesn't count
1: because I've teamed with him. Because I was gonna say Keith Lee, but I I recently teamed with him uh, during a uh, a episode of NXT at the Barclays Center. So Keith Lee would have been my first choice um, just because we had an amazing uh, indie little feud at PWG, but if I were to pick anybody, um, man, I would have to say Red Mysterio, right? Just because he's such a such a huge uh, idol and role model to me, and um, you know, I think our styles would would really just be such a cool unique and different thing that nobody's seen before
0: well you have such a history as well with velveteen dream um you know on the indies i think it'd be so great to see a long program with you guys
1: yeah man a long program would be cool i remember like my first match in the wwe was was against velveteen and it was it was really short um but i definitely think uh at some point they have to they just have to you know like me and me and velveteen are, are practically like like brothers you know like we we trained at the same school started wrestling on the the exact same day graduated wrestling school the exact same day became a tag team did our tough enough videos together he made it to tough enough uh yeah man it it I definitely uh, would enjoy that. I think that would be really cool and something uh, that the fans would enjoy. And uh, it'll be a nice little backstory for people as well. Did you get a call
0: back from your Tough Enough audition?
1: I did not. I did not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and look at you now.
1: I know. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy because at the time, um, even when I was on the independent circuit, when I was first starting out, uh, I was a videographer. And I filmed uh, Patrick's tough enough video, and I remember one day just seeing it on Raw, and I was like, "Whoa, that's crazy!" But I didn't. I wasn't like jealous or or anything. I thought I was more so like, "Wow, I like I recorded that, and it's on and it's on Raw right now." So that was that was pretty cool to
0: see. All right, let's take a quick pause to thank our sponsor for this episode, Bet Online. And with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might be thinking, well, there's nothing to bet on. Well, <laughs> that's where you'd be wrong, because our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props for you to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they are bringing Las Vegas right to you. And if you're missing the NFL, no problem. BetOnline has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can bet on. You can also still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices. You can even bet on the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. And it's all open 24 hours a day, and it's all online. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online—it's your online wagering solution. So, as you're going up, you know, obviously Patrick got his chance on Tough Enough, didn't win it, but he ended up getting signed. You know, after that, what did your path look like?
1: Ooh, that was a uh, a very long path for me. Um, And it's so weird because my my trainer um, at the time, he always said that me and Patrick, like he knew from day one that me and Patrick would have different paths, but we would end up in the same place. Hmm. Uh, And Patrick, you know, got that call, uh, made the tough enough, eventually, you know, got signed and I kind of knew it, too. I knew that I would have to uh, work a little bit more for it. and right, right after he left and, and moved on to Florida and stuff like that, you know, I uh, wasn't attacked. We weren't a tag team anymore, obviously. And I had to, you know, reach out to bookers and promoters and, you know, get my name out there myself. And uh, it was it was rough, man, um, just because I always dreamed and thought that I would, you know, climb this this ladder of, you know, being successful with somebody like a brother and when that kind of got ripped away from me, it was, it was, uh, it, it was a little rough. But I'm glad that it happened the way that it did because you know, um, I I think my name wouldn't be uh, the the household name that it is, and I feel like whether it's good or bad, like people know the name Leo Rush <laughs> in some capacity, uh, and I think that's just from all of the hard work that I put in, from you know. From having all of these tours all across the the country and, and all across the world and being in an Evolve, uh, being a pretty big part of like the new CZW stage and uh, being in an Evolve and Ring of Honor and, you know, it, it it's pretty cool just the way that it all turned out, um, knowing that it would, it would turn out like
0: that. So what was it that finally got you on WWE's radar? Was it your time in Evolve? Um,
1: I, I think so. I think so. I feel like, um, when I was in ring of honor, I had, I had a lot of opportunities, but for whatever reason, I just wasn't breaking that ceiling. Like I was, I was, I was stuck. I was stuck in, in, in one spot. And I remember like my contract was coming up and I just didn't, I just felt like I wasn't going anywhere. Um, especially with you know, the level of of talent that was there at the time and the way that things were going, I just knew that I was going to be in a standstill for for years. And I just didn't want to, not that I was going to waste time, but I just didn't want to give up that time to wait on an opportunity. So I just didn't sign back with Ring of Honor and I went back on the indies for a little while. And I remember that's when I got my first like European tour for like three months straight. And then, um, uh, I got a call from like Gabe and he wanted to start using me in Evolve, and I got, you know, a couple of uh, matches under my belt there. And I feel like that is what really, you know, put my presence in a lot of people's eyes. Uh, that in CZW, surprisingly, man, like hmm. I feel like my run in CZW, a lot of people uh, always DM me, like till this day, saying, like, man, we really want to see that Blackheart character in the WWE. Uh, And I thought that was just so cool to me because that was something that I I didn't plan out at all. Like, there was no, like, real meaning or thought behind – well, not meaning, but there was no, like, thought planned out thought uh, for that character, something that happened organically. And for people to know me as that person on on the independence, that's pretty cool.
0: One of the big spots people always want to talk about with you is that spot with Joey Janella off the ladder, you no know sell a powerbomb through a table off a ladder. Was that the plan the whole time?
1: It was not the plan. <laughs> it was not the plan, man. Oh my gosh, that was, man, I remember my phone just blowing up the night that that happened uh, because it was live streamed and Everybody was watching. I think that was the big, you know, that was that was my last match in CCW, And uh, people knew that. So, so everybody was tuning in. And, uh, yeah, I, I remember the original spot was supposed to be a, uh, it was supposed to be a pile driver. Not that this sounds any better, but it was supposed to, it was supposed to be a pile driver off of the second rope through the table and uh, he was just going to follow it up with the same, like, package deal that he did to me. Right. But the table, the legs were completely broken. If, and if I remember, like, trying to move the table, and I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to this table up. And you got, like, these hardcore CZW fans saying, you fucked up, you fucked up. Like, I just don't want that Yeah. Uh, in this in this big match. So I'm like, man, we need to just leave this table where it, it is. Before it just crumbles. And then we look stupid trying to set it back up. Uh, Or we can just see where we can use this table. And I remember just looking at the ladder. And I'm like, we got to do something off this ladder. And I just climbed. Remember Joey just like following me. And yeah, he hooked for the power bomb. And he said, he said, like, stand up, like, after it. So it happened. And I stood up. I fired up, and he just still you know, just hit me with the same package deal that we were originally supposed to do. But the original power bomb off of that big ladder was not supposed to happen.
0: But you know, getting right up from a move that was that devastating, I think blew a lot of people's minds.
1: It was. It. I think you had to be there live because the reaction live people people lost their minds oh, yeah. like there was no there was no like backlash there was no like killed the business like people were just so invested in uh the way that the match was going and the build up to that exact spot so when it happened people just lost their minds a lot of people that kind of gave me backlash and gave Joey backlash for that are the people who just saw that clip and right. people were like what in the world but I uh, you know who as long as we know that that that's not something that we intentionally tried to do uh, was quote unquote, kill the business and uh, we're both safe and it both kind of like elevated our names a little bit. So, Hey, that's, that's, that's professional wrestling for
0: you. But unfortunately we live in a world now where people will watch a 32nd clip of a 10 or 15 or 20 minute match and then base their entire opinion on both of the individuals in that match based on that short clip
1: exactly exactly and now we're we're having matches where uh <laughs> uh people are having like firefly funhouse matches and boneyard <laughs> matches so that's that's pretty cool that just just everything is changing everything is changing and and uh I think the best thing about wrestling was people realizing what wrestling is I think that's just the beauty of it that's the art of it uh, and people being invested and in the craft is pretty cool.
0: You know, you joke at the start of this interview: the twenty-five being the twenty-five-year-old piece of gold is now old, uh, which is yeah. completely <laughs> not. Do you look ahead now, five or ten years? You know, of where you'd like to be when you get into your thirties?
1: Uh, yeah, I do. Um, I feel like, oh man, and, and I don't know see this is weird because I don't think I've ever said this uh, you know publicly but I I feel like I don't see myself wrestling for for that much longer. I don't know why I, I feel like uh, I feel like you know there's there's multiple reasons for this um uh, just because I've been such a high caliber athlete my entire life. Ever since I was five years old, just nonstop uh, sports and camps and training facilities and stuff like that from from baseball to football, uh, amateur wrestling. And as young as I might seem to everybody else, I, I feel like all of those years are finally starting to catch up with me. Uh, my body <laughs> feels uh, like I got hit by a Mack truck. Uh, <laughs> And I don't know I, I think the, the older that I'm getting the the more that' I'm, I'm, I'm starting to realize what my other dreams and, and goals and, and passions are and you know uh, music was something that, that recently came about and uh, um, I always wanted to do music but was just kind of like nervous to pursue it so um, yeah, I don't know I, well I guess that's just something that that I'm gonna have to see as time goes on but you know, five years from now, yeah, I, I definitely want to to have a bigger name in wrestling. Um, I, I want to be, you know, uh, at the top of the the food chain. I want to be in the same conversation as guys like Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns. Um, I want to, you know, make history in the company. You know, that's that's something that I always dreamed about doing was being a part of the wwe but not only being a part of the wwe but i wanted to make history within the company mm-hmm. um when i saw randy orton become like the youngest world heavyweight champion ever i remember uh you know just dreaming of one day having some kind of you know history planted within the company like like that you know leo rush was the first this or leo rush is the first that you know I, I, that's what i want
0: I like that you're always so willing to speak your mind. I appreciate you sharing that, you know, if it's something you haven't shared before, but is this just who you are innately as a person? You just speak your mind. And as you know, it's, you know, it's gotten you in trouble sometimes.
1: Yeah, I feel like um, in the past, I've gotten myself in even more trouble or I've struggled from not speaking my mind. Hmm. So I feel like, you know, like, there's no, there's no point, you know? Like, I, I feel like uh, you should, you just shouldn't have people guessing. You shouldn't have any type of like speculation on how, you, how you're feeling about certain things. Like, I don't like leading people on. I don't like, I don't like putting up with something that I don't really necessarily agree with. Um, I think that's just like the the way that I was raised, the things that I've gone through in my life uh, that kind of made me who I am and and has led me to be so outspoken. Um, But I feel like regardless of whether people agree with it or people don't agree with it, whether it's bad or or good, I feel like it always comes from a good place. Um, I never say or, or do anything that I didn't think was best for me and best for the situation that I was in.
0: Do you think about you know when you go out there in the ring or when you're making music or when you're speaking publicly about any of this stuff? do you think about this is the type of role model I want to be for my sons?
1: Oh, for sure, for sure. I, I think about that every day. Uh, you know, not, not even just when I step in the ring, but just like everyday life, you know everything that I do, I feel like it just has a purpose, everything that I say has a purpose. Uh, and it's to, you know, not only motivate my kids, but just motivate, you know, you know, everybody, uh, you know, male, female, adult, uh, child, that's a fan of me. I want them to see the real me. I want them to know that, that I'm real. I want them to see that I'm not afraid to, to speak my mind when I'm passionate about something. Uh, and I feel like a lot of people should, should be that way. You know, I, um, at the end of the day, I just want, uh, I just want people to see that I'm an authentic and real person. You know, I don't want to, I never want to be categorized as fake or phony or anything like that. So
0: do you, you know, now that we have some time to think about stuff during the quarantine, have you thought about what your next tattoo is going (laughs) to be?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I haven't I haven't shared it with with, with anybody. Um, oh, we're sharing it now. Pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't been posting pictures or anything, but I've been working on a leg sleeve. So, oh, wow. uh, yeah, part of the reason why I'm wearing tights right now. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm I'm working on my legs uh, right now. I actually might get another one tomorrow. Uh, my wife actually does tattoos, so.
0: Oh well, that's convenient.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Do you have a tattoo that's uh, nearest to your heart, or something you know, something that means the most to you?
1: Uh yeah, I, f- I feel like I have a bunch. Um, you know, all of all of my tattoos have uh, pretty special uh, meanings to them. But I feel like the one that uh, always gets me a little emotional every time I look at it is uh, there's a poem on my stomach that not a lot of people even know what it says. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's a poem on my stomach that my mom wrote in 1997 uh was when my brother passed away and i never knew that i had a brother until my very first day of high school and i don't know why she brought it up but she did and she uh she told me that i that i had a brother um a younger brother who who passed away and uh that kind of hit me like really hard uh just because um I have four sisters. <laughs> I have four sisters and I, I always wanted a brother and I always wanted to, you know, like like I said, like with uh, the, kind of like the same reason why, you know, I was a little devastated when Patrick kind of got moved up to, to WWE. I feel like that was something that I wanted. I wanted to accomplish uh, certain things with, you know, somebody as close to me as like a brother. Yeah. And um, knowing that, that was a possibility, and he passed on. Uh, yeah, yeah. That kind of that kind of hits me hard a little bit.
0: Yeah, this this is the one that covers like your entire like stomach, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was your first ever tattoo.
1: That was my first tattoo. I was 14 years old. <laughs> That's a big piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow.
0: I want to ask you the significance of uh, of your latest album 1111 11. What, what's the significance of that time or those numbers for you
1: um well the the numbers uh i feel like there's more of like a, um and i don't at times i don't like talking about you know religion and stuff like that because some people are like iffy or about that but you know just the the significance to 1111 11 to me was was just uh i think there's like a biblical um uh, meaning to it of, of being aware uh, mm-hmm. and uh just being like just aware of like your surroundings around you being aware of what's going on in the world and uh as the kids kind of say like being awoke <laughs> or whatever so that's kind of what that that means to me just being aware of what's going on in the world and adapting to it and uh stuff like that but um the, the entire project was uh kind of like my not my life story but just some things that I that I've gone through uh in my life that I thought that I uh, should share with people you know at that time I was going through like a really rough uh patch like this is when I was uh off of television for those six seven months and I feel like I had a perception of me that was kind of heartbreaking like I took my character so seriously to the point where people shoot hated me <laughs> like I would get I would get so many like death threats uh, through like email and and on Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that and you know people just really hating my guts like like for real hating just hating me and uh, you know I just don't even have that in my heart. To be like a malicious person or, or or a bad person or do anything that i feel like is you know out of character and unnecessary so um you know i just thought i'd take it upon myself to kind of share uh some pivotal things that i've gone through in my life or currently going through that would you know open myself up to, to people to show people who i really am because at times You know, I can, I can ramble and my point can kind of be lost in what I'm saying. Uh, But that's just because, you know, again, like I'm passionate about, you know, what I'm talking about. Uh, But I feel like my uh, my point can get across better uh, with my music.
0: When you were first getting that reaction of people hating you at first, were you like, it's working? I'm doing a great job.
1: Yeah. Yeah, oh, for sure. I, I mean, I was so happy with, with the way that things were going. Like, and again, man, I think that's like a curse. I think that's like my my weakness is that uh, anything that I do, I'm like a hundred percent in, mm-hmm. uh, and and I do it to the best of my ability. So when somebody tells me to to be a heel, be hated, uh, that you know, that's what I'm gonna do, yeah. uh, and after a while i started seeing and hearing people really starting to not like me just as a person in general and i kind of tried to pull back on it a little bit um i tried to you know uh put out more like positive messages or make more like positive posts that just weren't all about wrestling and my character i tried to show people the real me and, you know, my family and stuff like that. Just show people that I'm still like a person at the end of the day, yeah. regardless of, you know, the character that I'm playing.
0: I feel like you're so self-aware. Have you have you always been this way?
1: <laughs> um, I, I think so. I think I just didn't really act on it as much before. Like I was always such like a a quiet and shy person. And I was always like, I'm that one guy that goes into like a, a party and just kind of stands in the corner.
0: I don't I don't I feel like that's very hard to believe.
1: <laughs> no, no, at first it was, but now it's not. Like I feel like uh yeah, this is something that like recently, um, you know, I've just been more like I, I, outspoken with it and you know <sighs> Yeah, I don't know, I, but I'm glad that you picked up. I'm, I'm I'm happy that you picked up on it because you know that's how uh, I want to show people that you know I might be young, but I'm not. I'm not stupid or naive, and I feel like I said that in a promo one time on Raw that I, I might be young, but I'm not naive, and I feel like I'm I'm pretty aware of everything that's that's around me.
0: Well, if you say you want to put a hundred percent of yourself into everything, there's got to be a balance here because how can you put a hundred percent of yourself into wrestling? and also put a hundred percent of yourself into music and a hundred percent of yourself into being a father and, 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 you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's also something that I struggle with on a, on a daily basis. Um, you know, even before I got on this, on this call, you know, I feel like I kind of was having a little like episode where, you know, I just, uh, I was kind of starting to break down a little bit, of course, because of, uh, not just things happening, you know, in my life from wrestling and music and stuff like that, but the the virus is not helping the situation at all. But uh, yeah, man, I feel like um, it's just something that I, I struggle with every day. I, I, I try to put my all into everything that I'm doing. And at the end of it all, I feel like I just end up breaking myself down uh, and just wearing myself out just because, um, like you said, like I'm doing so much and everything that I do, I want it. I want my full undivided attention. And it's, it's pretty hard. I'm trying to find like a balance right uh, right now.
0: I, I mean, there's a famous phrase that's uh, if you chase two rabbits, you'll catch none. And, and yeah. it's something I think about in my life because my hand is in a lot of different things as well. And I think if I'm, trying to run after this thing and this thing i'm gonna not catch anything
1: yeah exactly exactly yeah man yeah it's so hard man i i try i try to just focus on one thing i try so hard but it's just it's just something that it's not even just in my blood but i just feel like everything that i have that i've gone through uh, in my life as a as a teenager and having to uh just hustle constantly and just find a way uh any means necessary just yeah. grabbing something that's in reach uh and if it's in reach i'm gonna grab it and i'm gonna utilize it And i feel like music was in reach i feel like is in reach you know i have no choice but my family to be in reach like they're right sure. here so like everything Everything is uh, it's just so crazy. It's, it, it, it's crazy to think about how much stuff that I do. I don't even know how I do as much as, as I do sometimes, but I, I at least try.
0: I mean, there's going to be a lot of people watching this right now that look up to you and are inspired by you, you know, dealing with anxiety themselves. What's some you know advice that you have for somebody who might be dealing with those types of issues? Um,
1: i and I I think I'm going to say this just because this is something that I'm actively doing. Uh, but just taking it one day at a time. Um, I feel like, uh, there's been times where I've tried to solve my problems within minutes or a day, and it's just not going to happen. Um, I feel like, uh, you just gotta take it one day at a time. Um, you know, be around people that you love and care about. Um, tell the people who might not know who you are or that know who you are, uh, let them know that you're passionate about, you know, the things that you do. Um, and just, I don't it, it's so, it's so hard to just pinpoint one thing. And, and I feel like this is what, this is something that I've also struggled with uh, because um, doing amateur wrestling in high school, uh, I always had such a unique unique way about doing things or going about things that people wanted to learn mm. uh, from me. And I just felt like I could never teach anybody just because I always did things that worked best for me. And I didn't really know how to give somebody advice because I didn't know their capabilities. I didn't know, you know, what they were going through and stuff like that. So I feel like the, the, the advice for, you know, having like anxiety and depression like can kind of be different for everybody as far as advice goes but I can just say what I'm currently doing myself you know like I said I'm just taking things one day at a time I'm trying to put my focus on something that I'm that I love so that my mind doesn't wander um too much and um yeah like I said like just uh stay connected with the people that love and care about you.
0: I can relate to the amateur wrestling, and it's very interesting because while it is a team sport, it's really not. It's such yeah. an individual thing. You're the only one out there on the mat, and really all that matters at the end of the day is how you perform in your matches, and that is so vastly different from most other sports. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I was uh, I was an amateur wrestler in high school, and it's, it's so funny that, sure, you can train with your teammates all you want, but when you get out there on the mat, it's, yeah. it's you and only you.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, exactly.
0: I feel like we've learned so much about you here. I I really appreciate your time today.
1: Definitely, I appreciate you doing this, man. Like, uh, I'm glad that you you gave me this this platform that you have to, you know, address some things to to open up about some certain things and to say things that people have never heard before publicly. <laughs> so, yeah, I appreciate it.
0: Well, I think that people are seeing a different side of you other than that uh, manager of Bobby Lashley is who we all hate.
1: Yeah, Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly.
0: So, Leo, I look forward to doing this interview in person with you one day as well. Uh, That's how I usually do my interviews. But uh, I appreciate your time today. And I hope that you and your family are well and, and stay healthy with everything going on.
1: Definitely, man. Thank you so much. You too. You too. Stay safe out there, man.
0: I appreciate you. Thanks, Leo. All
1: right, man. Take care.
0: There we go. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this chat with Leo Rush. I really enjoyed this one. Thank you for listening all the way until the end as well. And a huge thank you to Leo for making the time to do this. Please take a screenshot right now, tag me, tag Leo, and let us know what you thought of this. Let us know what stood out the most for you because I feel like we saw a completely different side of Leo than we've ever seen before. I mean, he's smart and he's self aware and he's so talented he's super talented when he has a mic in his hand too. And I don't just mean that as a promo guy, because yeah, Leo Rush is a promo guy now, but I also mean that as a musician. And if you haven't checked out his music yet, please take some time today to either check it out on YouTube or listen to some of his music. He's great. And I think that that's actually the thing that we're going to be talking about Leo Rush for in many years to come. Leo Rush, the musician. I can't wait to see what the future holds for him, but My heart goes out to Leo, and my heart goes out to all the WWE superstars that were affected by this, and all the WWE employees that were affected by this. But as Maya Angelou said, no matter what happens or how bad it seems today, life goes on, and it'll get better tomorrow. It's a tough time that we're living through right now. It's unprecedented what's going on right now. But we'll get through this, and it'll get better tomorrow. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this. I appreciate you. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your week. We'll talk to you soon.